Brad Berg with Encompass Purpose, and today we're talking about the new year and starting uh, some of the new habits and solutions, but not taking huge chunks on, just starting with the small things, uh, you know, and enjoying the micro moments. Maybe it's where your child or grandchild reached out and held your hand. And just for that second, that micro moment of happiness, that micro moment of joy, you know, and starting your day out right. So many people from right when they get up, it's negative, it's overwhelming. How about when you wake up and open your eyes, you just say, today will be great. That's some of the things we're going to be talking about today, right after this. On January 19th from 1 to 4.30, we'll be having an online event with seven different speakers talking about how to motivate yourself to do better, how to take the actions to do better, and how to do it efficiently. There's no cost to this event. Just reach out to encompasspurpose at gmail.com and leave your email or encompasspurpose on Facebook and message us and leave your email. We'll connect you to the online event. And again, there's no charge for this event. So what do you do when you wake up in the morning? Do you do that? Do you go right away, open your eyes and think today is going to be a great day? You know, at the end of the day, do you go, what went right today? Instead of thinking about all them things that went wrong. It's about changing your thought pattern. And maybe some of the opposite thoughts you had where you thought you offended somebody that didn't really care or you're worried about something and it's not even factual. So what we're going to talk about too is some accurate thinking. Positive thinking is I can do ridiculous things. But accurate thinking is the right dose of stress, anxiety, and happiness can create a wonderful life. And if you know the truth, it says in John, it will set you free. It's been around a long time. It's in the Bible. If you know the truth, it will set you free. Now, your mind creates trouble, and it probably is not true. If it is true, it's not accurate in your memory. 50% of our memories are off kilter a little bit. And our mind creates that trouble. And we start out the day with turning on the news or listening about politics or even the wrong kind of music can do different things to your brain. And so what's really important is to do the right things. You can feel good now and eat junk food. You can look at porn. You can drink. You can smoke pot or even listen to the poor choice in music that's going to affect you negatively but is that what you really want to do or do you want energy and clarity and vitality and longevity I think really we want the latter but sometimes it's not as hard to, or not as easy to get motivated to go exercise as it would be to say drink a beer and we take that quick fix that's gonna have consequences later rather than making the correct choices for a long-lasting, effective life. So what do we want to do? Um, you know, as far as like politics, some of this stuff, if you look back at the Roman Empire, nobody was happy back then. It hasn't changed. You can yell all you want about politics, but all you're doing is wasting your time. 
you know, let's have some clear defined goals and values and focus. People's habits control them. Now, as far as uh, politics and TikTok and Facebook, your phone and materialism and pride and ego, in my opinion, they're all a waste of time. You know, of course you want to pay attention to what's going on in the world and what, you know, you can influence, but sitting on Facebook yelling about politics for eight hours and then getting up in the morning and going to church, think about that. That does not make any sense. If you're a true Christian, what does it matter, the politics, except what you can make better? Because this isn't our world. We're placed here as kind of a starting baseline. And once we finish here, then we get to the real reward. And there isn't politics up there. So that kind of tells you what politics are all about. Now let's start with the micro moments. And be present and use your conscious mind, not your subconscious mind. And use habits that direct your life. Your purpose. You know, one thing uh, that keeps coming up is oppositional personalities. They're not happy about anything. They're negative all the time. And the best thing to do with them kind of people, you want to love everybody, but just love them at a little bit of a distance. Try to get across to them, but then just, you know, walk away from it too so you can keep your happiness we are kind of uh, uh, unhappy people. As a nation, the unhappiest we've been since the Great Depression. And so what do we do? We get on antidepressants. They're skyrocketing right now. But you don't try to change your habits or your mindset or your behavioral changes. Nobody forgives anybody. Nobody's accountable. No teaching what not to live like, and no teaching what to live like. The past is pretty much, for a lot of people, an unhappy place or trauma, yet a lot of people live there. And there is reasons. Counselors, some counselors, do this for greedy reasons. The clinicians bathe their clients in the past and the pain, and they don't want them to move out of that because that's how they make a living. There's a lot better ways of doing things. If you need help, for one, I want to bring up something I heard from Dr. Amen that I totally agree with. People call it mental illness and put a stigma on it. It's not mental illness. There's behavioral health and there's brain illness. And so it's nothing somebody did intentionally. It's not like putting a bottle up to your mouth and drinking too much. When you have a brain illness or you need help with behavioral health, it's something that you did not intentionally do. And there's great ways to do it. There's EMDR, there's EFT, there's CBT, DBT, NLP. And they have no side effects and they're proven effect. And that's so important because there's so much junk out there now, but these are proven evidence-based ways to help you. And with one out of two young adults needing that help, let's just knock the stigma off because you or somebody very close to you or the person sitting next to you needs 
some coaching. Now, there's also things that I can't explain that we're finding. And, you know, I'm a big proponent of it's not just the mind. It's a mind, body, and soul. So you have to find ways to help all that. And now they found racket sports, racket, different racquetball sports, and uh, the pickleball, the tennis, the ping pong. People that play these, for some reason, live 16% longer. And I just wanted to bring that up because it strikes me so odd, but it's proven in a study with a lot of people. You know, other things that can help you. Dancing without alcohol or drugs... What are the habits you're going to do? What do you love to do? And something that'll love you back that's healthy and will help extend your life and extend the quality of your life. You know, there's eating too. And it's such an easy thing. But what do we do even with our kids that we love so much and our grandkids? Pop-Tarts. Please research what's in Pop-Tarts. It's terrible. The sunblock you've been told to use and everybody uses like a sheep is horrible. Look at the chemicals in sunblock. Now, there is good sunblocks, don't get me wrong, but there is more unhealthy sunblocks than good sunblocks. So research stuff for yourself and eat properly, take the proper supplements, and this is very important, sleep. And then do things like use a conscious brain and use meditation. There is so much scientific fact on meditation and breath work now. And breath work can be taught to yourself in about 5-10 minutes. So there's no reason not to do it. Live in the present and know that everyone's different. If it worked for you and it doesn't work for somebody else, it doesn't mean they were doing it wrong. Everybody is different. And keep in mind, no matter how you are, if you're happy, you're sad, you're mad, you affect other people. You affect other people every day. So every day, think to yourself, is this good for my brain? Is this good for the people around me? Is this going to get me the results down the road I want to do? Have intention and purpose. And let's get rid of a couple of things that have been popular now in the last 15, 20 years. Moderation. Oh, do everything in moderation. Balance everything out. I'm here to tell you moderation sucks. It's a comfort and it's an excuse for not doing what you need to do. Now, I would suggest, and I know this isn't popular, but don't do alcohol. Don't even do marijuana. If you're prescribed antidepressants, talk to your doctor about that. But a lot of times, MDs just throw antidepressants at you instead of fixing the problem. You know, have you thought about what caused this problem and how you can fix it? I would do that with the antidepressants, and at some point you might be able to get off them antidepressants. Do you do meditation and breath work daily? Do you exercise? There is studies now, um, and I just was uh, researching one from Dr. Suzuki on exercise and memory. It improves memory, and it puts the information together, associates things, and it plays a huge role in that. 
New experiences, reputation, and association all help with memory. You know, a new person that, uh, for instance, that may know a lot of people you know, you're going to remember that person easier than if they do not know everybody. And that's the association part. There's also things that trigger your memory for our emotional. Are you happy or sad? That memory is going to stick with you longer. And now this is going to switch a lot for a few seconds, but there is huge new facts out, new science and new uh, evidence about ice baths and cold showers. And what that does is, you know, for your health, the stress just creates brown fat cells and the brown fat cells help you lose weight. Now that doesn't mean you're going to take one shower and come out looking like Arnold Schwarzenegger, but it means that over time for like weeks, every day doing that, you can create brown fat cells that'll help you f different metabolism with the brown cells that help you fight obesity. And then brown fat cells also help other things in your body and it helps your health in general. Now, the one thing I would say is don't start out long term on that. You know, go ahead, like say for the first few times, try out 30 seconds. And I recommend getting in the shower, say, and have a normal shower, then go to the cold, then go back to a normal shower. Some people are up to, and I could never do this, taking ice baths and cold showers for 20 minutes. That takes a long time to get to. Now, we're going to talk about the hippocampus now. And, you know, the hippocampus, your memory can last up to four years. People think it's a short-term thing. It can last up to four years. And with your memory, with your sleep, with your exercise, with your cardio, it's all together intertwined. And when you exercise for the hippocampus, and the prefrontal cortex, if you work out for 45 minutes and stretch in 15 minutes in there before and after, or a minimum of walking 10 minutes, what it does is release ketones. And that helps with the muscle and the liver and BDNF in the brain. Now, the neurogenesis and the new neurons in the hippocampus will help so much and this is from 20 to 90 year olds you decrease anxiety and depression and hostility you know the energy went up in them studies and it lasts up to two hours after you exercise and you improve your cognitive functions your mental work you increase your cortisol and they found now for sure that doing that, if possible, in the morning is the best for you before you get going because it kind of sets your day. It changes the cognitive functions, so it helps you have a better day. Now, that being said, exercising at any time is good. It, ex that's not an excuse not to exercise. So exercise at any time is good. And now back to BDNF. A Swedish study found watching people for 40 years, they had low fit and mid fit and high fit for 40 years. The high fit at the end of their life had nine years of 
better cognitive function than the mid and low fit people. So even 10 minutes at a walk is what they found at the absolute least. And neuroplasticity by exercising, they gain proficiency and it amplifies the effect. So it does so many different things. And again, it gets back to what I keep just repeating and repeating and repeating about your mind and your body are very intertwined. Now, it also releases adrenaline and dopamine. And that actually is funny enough because uh, that also happens back to the cold showers. It releases dopamine and adrenaline in you along with the other benefits it has. Now, they did a study from low-fit people from 30 to 50 for three months, two to three times a week. And what they did was warm up and cool down for 10 minutes and a hard exercise for thir- or, yeah, for 35 minutes. Did video scrabble three times a week instead. And what they found was the positive mood in the people that exercise went up. The body image got more positive. They were motivated to exercise. The cognitive performance improved. The recognition in the memory improved. Coding in the memory improved. The memory improved. Task improved. The hippocampus improved. And like I said, it has a self-amplifying effect. So let's start with the tiny habits like we began the show with. Daily behaviors that are anticipatory, thoughts and behaviors that are so beneficial, and it's tiny habits. So what it does is just instill that behavior. You know, and diet and less processed foods... And there's also other benefits. Your brain, the more exercise you do, if you do exercise seven days a week, it is better than even doing it three days a week or five days a week. The bottom line is the more you do it over time, you have increased better uh, benefits and better hippocamel functions. And the brain needs that behavior to do some of this stuff. Now, mindsets and affirmations, they help, but now there's a new thing where you exercise and yell out these affirmations. And I know it sounds silly, but the brain and body behavior helps accelerate the affirmations. Like, I'm strong, I'm fast, I'm smart while you're exercising. It changes the mood. And that's just one of the habits. If you want to look more into that, it's called intensity exercise. And you also need to change your inner dialogue if it's negative. It helps your image to change what we're about and what we have to input. And what we can do to change things for ourselves. 
Now, one thing I really recommend, and I know I've been hyping on this too, but meditation, and now back to uh, Dr. Wendy Suzuki, they have done studies where even a 12-minute guided meditation is doing great things for people. In an eight-week study, it's helped stress and move and cognitive functions get better. And what it does is involve the forebrain and the prefrontal cortex. And presumably, it, uh, it's what's going on. And, you know, how does it affect me long-term? And let's do this habit building and practice a focus and focus on the moment. It's a powerful tool, and for the day, just anchor yourself. Disconnect the nonsense when you're meditating. We have so many self-stimulating behaviors that don't do any good. Now, exercise on attention. Like, for instance, a lot of people now have ADHD or like ADHD behavior. And the three things you can do most important for them is exercise, meditation, and sleep, period. Proven fact, hundreds of studies, feel free to look it up. Exercise, meditation, and sleep. Now the next little thing you can do is how you look at things. Are things like a a problem or a goal? Dr. Emily Blockett's from New York University. How you visualize things has to do with the outcome. Your perception, your goal achieving is directly tied to your vision and your motivation. You know, post-it notes and burnout and that kind of thing is something you start to ignore. You know, the vision boards. They're great at first, but they're the end goal and After, if you're not a very motivated person, not a very focused person, after a little bit, if you're looking at an $800,000 house and you're two months in, you can lose motivation. So what I suggest, do little things, little goals, little steps, and these sub-goals. Concentrate on them. Have your big goals, but have these sub-goals all the time. And thousands of people do this. Now, Olympic runners do this. They hyper-focus on these sub-goals, and they have a narrow focus of attention, and they, they spotlight on these targets, and then when they get past that, they reset and start new targets. They don't look at that end finish line. They look at particular targets along the way, And them achievements, once they pass that, then they reset and start again. So put blinders on and tune out them distractions. Tune into your focus. People are trained and they focus if you really want to be good at what you're trying to do. People that do this, they're 27% better than people that don't. And they hurt 17% less. So what you want to do is narrow that visual attention and the optimal strategy, keep that longer goal. But when your resources are going thin, them small goals keep you going to that end zone, to the, 
to that finish line. So now the next thing we're going to talk about a little bit is visual. And what is visual compared to your mind's eye? You know, you have a goal and you have the first steps, but you need that mind's eye to start going. And I know vision boards and posty notes, it's a strategy and keep them. But to get started, create a visual manifestation of it. Does it help you to have some of the other stuff? Um, no. It, uh, dreaming and visualization at the end goal, when I get started with X, Y, and Z and get done, it kind of takes away the action. And your blood pressure actually goes down when you do that. So I know it's been around on different shows like The Secret and things like that, but you want your blood pressure to go up. And it's a proven fact with studies that small goals do that. You accomplish and you satisfy that in yourself. And we'll continue this on at the next show.